That's it to right field. Long run for Pilar. And Pilar all out into foul territory to make the play. Bogarts with a drive out to right field. Judges back on it, and that one's gone. Against all odds. Here's a high fly ball driven deep to right. Verdugo back to the pen. Leaps up. He caught it. He caught the ball. He took it back. And I will keep on waiting for a better day. All right, guys. So today with me on episode 84 of the Pescopole Podcast, we have a guy who we spoke to back in, I believe it was April. Was it March or April when you got traded? Uh, I want to say April. It wasn't long before training. <clears throat> it wasn't long at all. But right after he was traded to the Cubs for a guy that we all didn't really like on this team, Joss Osich, we were able to sit down and talk to him. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me today is Zach Bryant. Zach, what's good with you? You know, man, I'm just, just excited to be here. Man, I want to thank you, first of all, for hopping back on. It's always a pleasure to hang out and talk with you. But we got a lot of stuff to talk about after a really, really good season by you for single-A affiliate Greensville Drive. So without further ado, let's get into the right uh, into the first question. So obviously, this was your first season with the Red Sox. First of all, what was it like finally being out there again after the last time you pitched in front of fans, you know, even pitched at all in a regular game, was in 2019? So how did it feel finally being back out there? I mean, it felt amazing. Not only was it my my first full season with the Red Sox, I mean, it was my first full season at all, oh, you know, because, I mean, tw yeah, 2019 was just like two, two, three months, I think, after the draft. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, 2020 never happened. So I mean, it, it was my first full year altogether. But, um, I mean, it was amazing. You know, it was has had its ups and downs and challenges and, you know, highs and lows. But uh, at the end of the day, it was an amazing experience and I loved every second of it. Um, at any time during the season, did you start to feel any sort of like season fatigue? Because I know you're saying it was your first full season, only had a couple months in, um, in 2019 and more college. It's more like you just play weekend series. So did you feel it all that fatigue going out throughout the year of playing, you know, 25 plus games a a month no doubt um probably about the halfway point through the year uh you really start to notice it i mean you're sore in new places it's not it's not the soreness isn't going away as fast as it once was you know and it's it's definitely starting to take a toll but all you can do in that situation is just communicate with your trainers you know be open with them and and buy into the, the stuff that they ask you to do and you know they they do their best and it it works its way out um, but definitely started to notice some fatigue, the body starting to break down, which I've never really had to experience before. Yeah. Cause like you said, it's, I mean, with college, it's a lot shorter and then never really playing a full minor league season. Definitely. You def I, it was new to me. That's for sure. No. And I feel that after, I mean, this is just your first go around at a full season come next year, you'll be, I, I wouldn't say fine. You still have probably the soreness and everything, but you'll be, mm -hmm. you'll be fine out there. So in your um, minor leagues with the Cubs, you played in Arizona. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that you're finally in North Carolina, talk to me what it was like to be a little bit closer to home this year. Was your family and your girlfriend able to come out to a lot more games than they usually would be able to? Yeah, I, it was it was South Carolina. Yeah, it was oh, South, Greenville, South I Carolina. I, yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing yesterday. I was talking about it. Ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. Um, I, I got to have my girlfriend come down to Fort Myers during spring training a couple times. She didn't get to see me play, obviously, because that's when, uh, you know, the restrictions were still there. Yeah. But um, having family up to see me once, like, the season started in Greenville was awesome because they hadn't seen me since Jacksonville because mm -hmm. they, didn't, they didn't make the trip out to Arizona. Yeah. And then, obviously, it was, it was quite a haul to go all the way up to Oregon once I was in Eugene. Mm -hmm. so i mean they, ha they hadn't seen me pitch since since jacksonville so it was it was awesome to have them up there i mean they were able to come up for obviously more than a couple days um every time so we got to explore the city and then they would always like try to organize it to where we'd have an off day together so we get to go out and just really just do whatever we wanted it was it was awesome it was awesome you know because 
obviously I love seeing new parts of the country and, and it's, and it's awesome that they get to kind of experience that with me, wherever I go, hopefully they'll be able to come visit and then, and then see new parts of the parts of America. You know, it's awesome. Dude. And that's awesome. And like you're saying, like traveling and seeing new parts, I've never been much of a traveler, but coming out here to Denver, man, have you ever been to Denver? I have not. I would love to see it though. Highly recommend like just being in the (laughs) middle of the city. You're so high up. You just look out and all you see is mountains really surrounding the entire city. Man, it's nuts. It's such a good view. I've seen pictures. Mm. It looks beautiful. Oh yeah. Um, But talk to me about Greenville. How did you really like the city? Dude, it was beautiful, man. I I mean, I've heard of it before, uh, before I went there but never really like knew much about it. You know, I just kind of knew it was there and it, it blew my expectations. I didn't think it was going to be as nice. I mean, obviously I assumed it was going to be a nice city, but like as nice as it was, man, it was, it was amazing there. The weather was incredible. And it's funny because our pitching coach, he, um, Bob Kipper, he, he calls it God's country. And he started freaking throwing that at us in spring training. So saying God's country all the time. And I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever seen God's country, but that's as close as I, I could imagine to, to being, you know, and it was, yeah, it was beautiful up there. The city was awesome. The people were awesome. The weather amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved it up there. It was great, man. Those, the Carolinas, Tennessee, that part of the country. I've heard, I've heard that phrase be thrown around once or twice of God's country. Mm-hmm. And it's so nice out there. I have no complaints about it out there. Yeah, and, no, it was amazing. So what do you feel was the best part of your season and what did you on prove on throughout the year? Did you feel like you had anything that you really came into the season? Like, okay, I got to prove on this, this, and this in my game. And what do you still need work? Um, what do you still need to work on in your game plan? Well, I think the last time we talked, I, I told you like, you know, what my goals were for the year. And, and obviously um, I kind of like molded myself into a different picture than what I was in 2019. So it was, mm-hmm. was kind of going to be new to me a little bit. Um, like the style of play. Cause before it was more of like a pitch to contact, you know what I mean? And, and then now I, I, I gained some velo and now I was going to try to like, you know, I'm in the position where I could be more of like a power pitcher, you know, so and, and go for more strikeouts, hopefully. So that was part of my goal was to, was to improve my strikeouts per nine, lower my walks per nine, and then obviously have a good enough ERA. Um, but then well, like parts that, that came complete that easily. Yeah. Yeah. I was, Looking, looking over the stats at the end of the year, I was definitely pleased to see that the everything the I mean the ERA was a little up from what it was in 2019, but I mean, granted that was a small sample size. In 2019, mean, it wasn't you as can't many. Get a lot better than a one one three. I mean, we're yeah, exactly a little bit there. <laughs> um, so I mean, I it, okay. but the the K's per nine went up, walks per nine went down. So I'm happy with that. And the thing about it is, is a majority of that was from the first month of the season, which is kind of like the rough part, mm-hmm. um, which kind of goes into the, the first part of the question you asked was like, what, like what changes, you know, um, the biggest thing from the season was, was, uh, was like between the ears, you know, it was mental and, and Kipper helped me out with that. It was just learning like who I need to be on the mound, pitching with attitude. And, and that was my biggest takeaway from the year. Um, was just who I need to be on that rubber. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And uh, just for the fans who don't know, we went, I went over this in an episode two, three weeks ago, something like that, but you went through the season three and three record three, five, four ERA uh, strikeouts per nine of 12, which is crazy in in of itself walks per nine of under three and a half and a whip of 1.0. Those are still great numbers, like all things considered, but um, you were talking a little bit about your fastball and how you gained some velo. Uh, last mm-hmm. week I had on your roommate, Brendan Salucci, and he told me about a little nickname uh, for something called the invisible fastball. All right. So first question I got to ask about that is how did that nickname come about? Uh, yeah, he, he actually, he sent me the link to the podcast and I listened to it and he told oh, me really? where to skip to, to when you guys were talking about it. It's kind of funny, <laughs> but uh, the nickname that, that uh that nickname kind of came into place when we were playing in hickory and um i think i came in for one or two innings and literally out of like 25 or 30 pitches every single one of them was a fastball (laughs) 
And within two innings I had, I think it was like 16 or 17 swing and misses on just fastballs. So like, that's when it all came. And then, you know, there are a couple guys like joking around. I'm like, well, I've never, se- I've never seen that dude. It's like, you're just throwing fastballs, blowing it by them. And, and then from there it kind of stuck, you know, cause I had a, I had a pretty successful month and obviously I just kept, uh, and the big thing too, is learning where my fastball played. It plays up in the zone and obviously you get a lot of like, it's easy to get swing and misses up in the zone. So, um, just living up in the zone with my fastball and you know, that's kind of, thing came from it was just living up there that entire month and and then <laughs> let adults speak for it everyone started everyone started joking around about that <laughs> i i still think that's an awesome nickname and i really <laughs> does hope that fall that that nickname follows you throughout whatever levels you get to <laughs> but the other question i gotta ask about that is how did that affect your confidence in that pitch because i know what month was it that you won um uh relief pitcher of the month july July. So throughout July, then you had August and the later half or the early part of September to still keep on that fastball. How did your confidence after going through that winning rookie of the month, how did your confidence in that pitch change? I mean, it changed a bunch and, and that was part of it was, um, you know, Kip would show me videos. He'd make playlists of, of like fastballs up in the zone and, and just, just seeing it and seeing, like, like I said, playlist of swing and misses up in the zone and him explaining to me, like, you know, how, how hard it is for a hitter to get to that pitch. And then, let, like, seeing the results, you know, living up there and then, like, seeing it, like, with my own eyes. It gave me all the confidence in the world in living up there and then, you know, snapping off a curveball in the zone or a slider or something like that just to keep him off balance. But um, seeing it for that entire month, was, I mean, that was all the proof I needed, you know for moving forward just to continue living up there and knowing the value of my fastball up in the zone. Yeah. And um, I think Brendan said that you, your fastest clocked in at 98, right? 98.5. So, I mean, if you round up 99, we'll, we'll <laughs> which, call it 99 for the for ego, the you know, all right, we'll call yeah, it 99. just for the ego. <laughs> so what's, how big of a goal is it for you to hit a hundred? Uh, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say that that's a big goal. Cause I feel like that that's kind of like just an ego thing. It's one mile an hour, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or one and a half miles an hour. But I mean, you know, if, if I complete my other goals, like I have for this off season, then that's going to come. So my goal isn't to throw a hundred. It's to do other things that naturally will allow me to throw a hundred. You know what I mean? As long yeah. as I complete those goals. And I mean, if we look at the training regimen you were doing, if we look at the results, cause back then you were what a uh, 90, I think, Correct me if I'm wrong, but you said you were like a 92 to 94 guy before the season. Now you're up to, you know, topping out at 98. With whatever regimen you're on, keep at it for one more offseason. You're going to well, get 100. I, I was like 89, 92 is where oh, I'd okay. sit with the Cubs. And I topped at like 94, I think. Jeez. So yeah. now I got <laughs> to ask this, right? I was going to save the question for later, but now I got to ask. Now that they see what you've been doing throughout the season, do you think the Cubs are regretting that trade a little bit? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I kind of hope so, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's, they let me go that they, they, like, I, I know I told you this in the first one, like, I know the Red Sox are getting more than what they, they thought they were. And then, you know, that goes likewise for the other way around. Like, you know, I know the, that the Cubs lost more than they knew they got and more than they knew they had. So I, it, yeah, you know, I, I hope that they saw that and were like, damn, like we didn't, ex- we didn't expect that, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, now, no, he did all that, but now at least for the time being, I mean, you're still only in um, high eight for now. But no, this trade, this trade was lopsided. I mean, I don't even think Josh Osh is still <laughs> on the team. All right, that trade was so lopsided. I don't even know where to begin with that. So, <laughs> so what was the best moment of your season if you had to pick one out? The best moment was uh, was probably that that game in hickory i mean both both of my outings that week were really good the first one was was two innings i want to say an extra innings and then even on that um i want to say it was that sunday because i know it was a day game i came in bases loaded no outs and i worked out of it with uh, i think two strikeouts and that was the day i hit 98 99 whatever you want to call it that was the day i i set that pr 
So, I mean, of course that stands out, you know, that was an incredible week numbers wise, like, like line score wise for the whole week. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and we set a PR and it was just a very successful week. That That's what stands out the most to me for the whole year, pretty much. Because that was when everything was coming into play, you know. Mm-hmm. That's when everything really started to click for you. Exactly, yeah. I got you. So looking at the numbers a little bit, I know I already said some, but it, uh, you got, how many was it? Was it six? Yeah, six saves throughout the year. So there were some times throughout the year where, you're, where you were you being used a little more as a closer. And I know some people really embrace the role as that guy in the closer of the team. But how do you feel about that role? And what do you expect yourself going forward if they ever gave you that kind of role of saying, look, no matter what level you're at, you're the closer, you're that guy that we want finishing up games? I love it. So I, in high school, I was a closer. In, in college, I was a closer. You know, even at Daytona State, at Jacksonville, both schools, I was a closer. So, I mean, I've spent more time being a closer than I was anything else. So that's the role I'm most comfortable in. And, you know, I'm perfectly okay with that. If they told me that, you know, that's the role that they want me to fill moving forward, I would, I'd be ecstatic, you know, because that's, that's kind of the goal eventually is to be a, a big league closer. Be you that know? guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but you also seem like one of those guys who can really adapt to any situation. Like, if, if you ever got called up, it's the fourth inning, starter struggling. Hey, you got two on, uh, one out. I need you to get out of the situation. You can easily go in and still take care of business. So I see it seems like you're one of those guys who it doesn't matter the situation. You're just going to come in and perform. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the big part of that is just trying to keep the same attitude, you know, no matter what what the score is, no matter what the inning is. And that was, was also something I kind of learned this year because uh, in that first month, during the I mean that first month was kind of rough but um I remember there was a game where I mean we were up a lot and um it was in Asheville and I came in because I I didn't even think I I I thought there was no chance of me pitching you know what I mean um next you know my name's called and I got to get ready and I got to try to flip a switch and you know obviously it just doesn't work like that yeah um so that like that lesson taught me to like never like just count yourself out unless like you're literally told like, yeah, you're down today. Then you can sit back and watch the game and you know what I mean? Yeah. But when it's not like that, then you got to stay ready. You got to stay like locked in mentally. And then when your name is called, no matter the inning, no matter the situation, no matter the score, you got to go in with the same attitude and just go up there and dominate, which I, I learned that this year. And I, I like to think I, after that one lesson in, in Asheville talking to um, Kip about it, you know, he, it, it really, it really, I, it stuck with me for the rest mm-hmm. of the year. Now, sometimes, sometimes you just got to learn those lessons the hard way, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So from the couple of experiences I've had talking with you, I can see you more as a humble guy, and I really don't know if you can answer this, but how confident do you feel that next year you will be playing in Portland? Uh. <laughs> I, I feel pretty confident about it. I know that, you know, they like the Red Sox, they, they see that all my struggles are just in the beginning of the season. And then, you know, after that, I keep talking about it, but after that first month that, you know, I, I, I really pulled it together and I, I put together a solid year. Um, but at the end of the day, if that's not where I start off, then it's not the end of the world. You know, I still know that I just got to go out and do what I got to do. And then, you know, it, the rest will happen. Mm-hmm. do what I've been doing, do what I know I can do. And then the rest will happen. So I'm not too concerned with where I'm starting off, but if I had to guess, I would say, yeah, I would say that I'd, I'd probably start off there. Mm-hmm. I would hope. And I was kind of confused. I'm sitting here like, why didn't he get bumped up throughout the middle of the season? Like at least try him out in Portland, you know, but, and I mean, even if you do start out back in Greensville, right. I'll, I, I can't say, I don't know where they're going to, what's going to happen with wool or anything like that. I don't know how the systems are going to jump again. But even if you start back out in Greensville, you're going back into a system that you're already comfortable in that you spent a year in. So I have no doubts that you'll start off hot and then get moved up later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that were the case that I start in Greenville, that would be the goal, you know, to not obviously I love the city there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the goal, no matter where I'm at, is to not spend much time there and hopefully move my way up the ladder. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, 
we talked a little bit about this and Brendan did send you the link um, to the last part that I do this, but I want to hear your stories too. Cause I know each of you guys were playing in the same but, um, place, playing with the same people, but you guys had different experiences with your teammates. So I want to go through some of the teammates that I've had the experience of sitting down and talking to. And I want you to say either one funny moment or funny story or something that you know about these guys, anything like that. So first guy, Brendan. Cheers, man. He he said it too, you know, we're we're buddies. Like uh he said we have that we just kind of have a bond, like a you know, a friendship that we know is gonna stick with us for a while. And it it is exactly that way. Once we met, we just kind of clicked, we kept talking, you know, like we were boys. Mm-hmm. Um we'd sit there and we'd joke around about little stuff, you know, whatever. And then next thing you know, we're roommates in Greenville. Love the kid, love the kid to death. He's awesome. Um, but as far as like a funny story goes. Uh, on the spot, I can't think of anything, but I do know that like it was uh, that last series when we played in in Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. It's only an hour away from Philly, and he's from Philly, so we um, we rented a car and and took a trip up there, and he gave us a tour of the whole city. And I'm a pretty big Rocky guy, so like the Rock, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the Rocky movies. I, I love mm-hmm. those. Those are probably my favorite like movies ever. And um, so it was cool to you know go to the art museum and run up the stairs, and he got a funny <laughs> video of me you know, running up and doing the, the arms up dance that Rocky did when he got up to the top, throwing a couple, throwing a couple punches. And we got a picture in front of the Rocky statue. So that was, that was awesome. And then got him showing us around his hometown a little bit, showing us where he grew up. It was pretty sweet. Um, no funny stories that I can think of off the, off the dome, but that was definitely, uh, that was awesome. Actually, I take that back saying off the dome, reminded me freaking free freestyle battles down in the bullpen him oh. and one of the catchers <laughs> him and him and one of the catchers eli Moreira. um we'll just go back and forth with uh freestyles and then if you're if you're ever on tiktok where dudes will give them like three words mm-hmm. a couple words to like make a freestyle and use those words we would do that and me and uh jacob wallace would try to come up with the most outlandish three words possible and then Chooch would do it somehow. He would do it. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm always gonna say it. Baseball is just a bunch of grown boys just playing a kid's game. Like you never absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely, man. That's exactly what it is. And what what I've seen from Brendan, right? I've known him like ever since his podcast started. He was my first guest ever, literally on episode four. Great guy. I had him on three. T- I've gotten talk with him three times now, but I'll still you know message him every now and again on Instagram, he's one of those guys that's like always there for somebody when you need him. Very relaxed, very laid back. Seems like a really cool dude to, you know, like go out and get a beer with. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, he's, you know, he's a goofy dude. He's funny, but he's always there. If you want to talk about something serious, you know, whether it's about something on the field or off the field. And and we, we shared quite a few of those moments too, where he would need to talk about something or I would need to talk about something. And then, you know, sometimes it's not looking for advice. It's just to have someone hear you. And that's exactly what it is. And that's kind of, that's definitely the kind of person he is, you know, that's there for people when they need them. Mm-hmm. And you can see that with uh, the one Instagram profile he has letter, letters by Lucci. Yep. You know what I mean? Like he's just, he's one of those guys, you know, he's, he's an amazing guy. He's, he's funny as heck. But then like when it, like when you just need someone to talk to and like kind of like on the, the other end of the spectrum, just like, you know, compassionate. Like he's a good dude to talk to. He's a good friend to have. That's all for oh, sure. Absolutely. All right. Next guy I got shortstop Christian Koss. Dude's a beast. I, I, I heard Chooch talk about it a little bit, like just every single day. It was every game. There was something that he did that stood out, whether he was 0 for 4 or 4 for 4. I mean, there was something he did in the field that just stood out. The dude plays harder than anyone I've ever seen. I don't know how he maintained that energy every single every single <laughs> game for an entire season, but you know I guess that's why he's you know having the success that he's having is because he does that. But it's incredible to watch. He's a he's an amazing dude, great locker room guy. You know, like great teammate. Um, mm-hmm. He's always in the he's always in the mix of everything in the locker room. He's always he's always the life of it. You know, he's he's hilarious, an amazing dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, he seems like the guy who always has the energy. Like he chugged three Red Bulls before he got in the dugout. Like he seems, <laughs> yeah, he seems like that guy. 
But he's he's kind of in a similar situation that you're in, traded from a different team, first season here, you know, really coming in with something to prove of you guys didn't make a mistake of bringing me in here. And it seems like from the stats of both you guys, both you guys really delivered on that promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, he, he had an amazing year. Mm-hmm. No, both you guys. It, it's kind of crazy. Uh, next guy, Cole Brandon. Cole Brandon. I see. I didn't really get to know him that well. Um, we, you know, we shared a couple moments, talked a couple times, but um, I mean, he's another dude. Just amazing guy. You know, I, I, there's nothing bad I could say about him. Nothing but good things come to mind when I think of him. Um, being down in the bullpen, you know, like in between innings or like getting ready, getting ready for the inning. You know, he, he would come down and talk to us about about random stuff like he's just a funny dude, you know, and and we uh, so in Greenville, we'd have to like the bullpen would have to warm up the, the right fielder. Yeah. And then even on the road, we'd have to warm up like if the bullpen was on the left field side we'd have to warm up the left fielder. So we throw a ball to the center fielder and then, you know, the center fielder would play catch with the right fielder. We warm up the left fielder or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And then all the time, you know, we were just getting one ball back. It's like, what the heck's happening to the other ball? Because, you know, we only have so many down there. We got kids asking for balls all the time. Yeah. So it's like, we only have so many. And then uh, sure enough, you know, you, you pay attention to it and you see him running, running the ball over to a kid, which, <laughs> you know, that's just the type of guy he is. He's, he's there in, you know, great spirit, you know, keeps, uh, keeps the team locked in. He's great for the fans. Fans love him. You know, he, he does those little things to make a kid's day, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, is, is just awesome. Says a lot about him. He's not big league in the kids, <laughs> you know, like, he, he goes through those little uh, little extra pieces of effort that would just make someone say that th- those kids never forget. Oh, yeah. And plus the beard, though. Yeah. He's yeah. He's, nice beard. Man's got some unreal flow. He's got, <laughs> he's got a nice beard and some nice flow. All right. And finally, a guy who came in a little bit late. Um, I think he came in probably about late June, early July, I think it was. Will Dalton. Well, uh, so I never – he was another guy I didn't I didn't get to talk to too much. Um, I talked to him as, as actually his first day in Greenville. I talked to him a little bit during batting practice. He so he played at Florida, and then um, we were catching up a little bit about that because I played it. And obviously, you know, I played at Jacksonville. Yep. So then, when Florida played Jacksonville, he um, in Jacksonville he actually got tossed. <laughs> so we were talking about that, and then I was you know I was at he he brought it up, and then I started asking questions about it. And he was like, yeah, it's like I was just like visualizing where the ball was in the inside because he called it a strike, but I thought it was in. I was just kind of visualizing it and just tapped on the dirt like where I thought it was or whatever. It was just something completely innocent. And then the uh, the umpire thought it was <laughs> thought it was him trying to show him up or, you know, so he he got tossed for that. And it was just like, what in the world? So we were talking about that, chopping it up about it a little bit. Um, but I only got to hang out with him a couple of times um his locker was right next to mine but you know sometimes before games or after games you're just kind of playing on your phone or taking care of little things you got to with the trainers and lifting and whatnot so I didn't get to talk to him too much or get to know him really but um Chooch was roommates with him in Florida and you know he has he has nothing but good things to say about him Mm -hmm. so I, I know he's a good dude I just didn't get a chance to get all that close with him yeah I gotcha now funny story about Will so I think it was around like February before the season started. I was reaching out to a bunch of Red Sox minor leaguers to see who would um, want to come on for an interview. And I reached out to Will. And uh, you remember with the other guy who was doing the interview um, last time you were on, his name's Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Adam also helps me run the Instagram account sometimes. He'll post and stuff and all that. Apparently Adam went on, Will messaged me back. He said, yeah, sure. I'd love to do it. Adam went on, saw the message, never told me, and it got lost in my inbox. And so he said, yeah, I'd love to do it. And I didn't see that message for a good four months after. Oh, no. <laughs> so bad. He was already <laughs> in Salem. And I once I saw the message, I messaged him back. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. It got lost in my inbox. I'd still love to have you on if you want to come back on. I was so lucky. He was so nice. He said, yeah, sure. No worries. Let's get, let's get it going. You know, he, he's he's a really cool dude. He's very, very confident yeah, in himself without being in a cocky kind of way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And same, yeah, same with Yeah, absolutely. Him. Yeah. 
Yeah, they uh, they both. I mean, they're great people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, neither of them I, I got the chance to get that close with, but like the the little bit of interaction I did have with them was, you know, really really awesome, and they're they're great dudes. All right. So after the last time we talked, right, I'm gonna give the fans a little scoop on what happened. So a little, we hit the we ended the recording. And you, Adam, and I were talking for a little bit, and you said, oh, shit, I just got a DM from Jared Caravis asking to hop on Section 10, <laughs> right? So I got to ask, um, what was it like talking to those guys on Section 10, and have you kept in touch with them at all? Uh, yeah, first, all, it was crazy. You know, once I got – I mean, obviously, like, around that time, the social medias were going nuts. Instagram and Twitter yeah. were both going insane. The beat writers and um, yeah, all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then – once I jumped on the podcast, you know, it continued to go nuts and it was crazy just because, um, cause pretty much all up until I was drafted by the Cubs, I was, you know, I, I followed those guys and, you know, I freaking Karabas, you know, mm-hmm. like he's just, he's the face of, uh, like Red Sox fans kind of on, on social I mean, media. So dude, dude has a podcast with David Ortiz right now. I mean, I know that's insane. That. <laughs> I'd love to jump on that podcast. That'd be oh, crazy. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was, it was nuts, uh, getting to talk with those guys and they they were cool. You know, they didn't, it didn't feel like I was talking to, you know, I wasn't nervous about it at all. You know, it was real comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were awesome dudes. It was, it was pretty crazy. Dude, I bet. And it's crazy. Cause like I'm sitting there, it's like four days after I had the interview with you, I'm sitting there listening to, um, your interview with them. I'm like, I asked them the same freaking question four days ago. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny but have you kept in contact with any of those guys since uh not really uh i've, I've texted Carabas a little bit um like he helped me he helped me get that profile picture uh of me in a red Sox uniform which isn't even me it's just my face <laughs> over someone else's i don't know whose it is but oh. someone else's body and in, in in their uniform but uh yeah he helped me get that um, cause I was going to try to see if like he, he knew anybody that could do like one of those cut four, where it's like a, a really like low quality, like drawing, you know, what I'm talking about like first look of so-and-so in their new threads. Yeah. I wanted to get one of those cause I thought it would be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, yeah. And I mean, he's like, I was like, I can get you a pretty legit looking one. And I was like, sure, man, whatever, whatever's easiest. I appreciate it. So yeah, he sent me that, he got me that one. And then, uh, and he, he commented on my fitness page a little bit because he, I guess he ran into that um not long after but he comments on that a little bit and uh other than that i haven't i haven't talked to him since i got you i got you man those those guys i think i haven't been able to listen to in a while but that podcast has been like a big inspiration for me and what i've done with this podcast i mean it's kind of hard running it solo you know but Mm -hmm. i'm making it work the best i can you know but those guys have always been a big inspiration for me on what to do with this podcast but I just have to say, if you ever get a DM from a um, from a podcast called the Gone Bridge Podcast, do not answer it. All right. Well, guys, what is that? They're, they're, I'm just messing with you. They're a group of three ah. college guys who have been on Section 10. I'm good friends with them now. You know, and I, I always tell them, like, because they're, they're way more popular than I am. I'm like, don't ever steal my podcast, people. <laughs> it's a running joke me and them have. <laughs> they're... they're all three of them they're cool guys i really enjoy yeah them. i'll have them on sometimes i really enjoy talking with them but I, I, i'm not sure if if they ever reached out honestly because like around that time i had you know from from the trade and all the beat writers and um making jokes about me being chris bryant and whatnot <laughs> not naming any names um <laughs> but you know i had quite a few podcasts reach out and and honestly i just it got to the point where i did a lot of them and then it got to the point where I was just like, okay, like I just need to focus on, on getting ready for this season, you know? And then once the season started, it was, I just need to focus on, um, I need to focus on, you know, performing this season focus on baseball. Mm-hmm. So for, if, if there's any other podcasters listening that <laughs> I might've uh, not, not responded to, that's exactly what it is. You know, I didn't want to feel like I was big league in anybody, yeah, but no. that's what it was. I just, I needed that time to focus on myself and, and to be ready. Mm-hmm. No, you only had a limited amount of time before everything started with spring training, everything you needed to keep yourself focused, which is why right. I'm glad I messaged you literally the second after I look at my phone, saw the clickbaity title and then saw it was you. I'm like, <laughs> well, 
I was doing a show about it at the same time when it popped up. And I'm like, well, I mean, the fans now need to talk to him, need me to talk to him. You know, they got to meet this guy. They got to see, which <laughs> like I said, I'm so glad I am. But it's not Chris Bryan, but let's see what else he has to offer. <laughs> hey, it's trust me. Give it, give it three years. All right. Give it three years. That's what, that's what I've said. Okay. But if, if you ever get a DM from the gone bridge guys, trust me, hop on their show. They're so entertaining. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll do. Especially uh, now that it's the off season, you know, I can, mm-hmm. I can segment a little bit more time for this kind of stuff. Sure. And um, speaking of the off season, what's the off season plan on the baseball side and off the baseball side, what else do you plan to do over the off season? Uh, for the baseball side of things right now, I'm just trying to, trying to maintain cause I have instructs coming up on the, on the 14th, the 14th, I head down to Fort Myers and it's just the 15th or 25th. Um, so I'll get on there and, and, you know, throw a couple bullpens for instructs. And after that, it's like right now in the meantime, I'm just keeping my arm going and uh, just trying to get my feet back under me lifting wise. I'm not trying to be too sore for when I go down there or like too tight, trying to maintain everything. Um, but after that, I got a lot of plans, man. It's uh, continue to build my body. You know what I mean? Try to work on mobility and whatnot. Um, that's, those are the main things, really. Just build my body, get flexible, you know, and, and I'm not going to dive too crazy into those details of what I want to do. But mm-hmm. uh, I, non-baseball, I coach a, an 11U team. Um, and then now they just recently expanded to where now there's like four other teams for like different age groups. So, you know, I help out with those guys when I can. And then uh, help out with those guys when I can. And I do lessons on top of that. Plus, you know, hanging out with my family, hanging out with my girlfriend. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely never bored. I keep mm-hmm. myself busy. That's for sure. No. And I said, I said the same thing to Brendan, but I got to tell you this too. If you're ever in Denver, first of all, hit me up. All right. I'm going out and I'm buying you a beer. All right. That's just a thank you for hopping on the show. But then I need to get to a baseball field with you. And I need to see what it's like to face against a fastball over 95 miles an hour. Because going all throughout high school, I was, I was in a smaller conference up in the middle of nowhere in Maine. So the fastest I ever saw was about 87, 85 to 87, right. somewhere around that range. I need to get in the batter's box once. It's like a bucket list item for me and just see what it's like for 95 plus, what major leaguers actually have to deal with. I know I'm going to fail horribly, but it's worth a shot, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If I'm ever in the area, you know my word, I'll hit you up. Man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but anyway, do uh, you have any kind of like vacation spots that you're looking to visit this summer or this winter? Um, Looking at maybe going to Savannah. Savannah, Georgia, because that's only that's I mean, that's not from from Daytona Beach. Um, you know, it's it's a pretty nice spot. And the last time I was there, I was real young. So I didn't get to do a lot of the things that I could do now. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to that because I can barely remember the last time I was there. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but so hopefully going there and no other real vacation spots. Just looking to get out there for a weekend and just enjoy where I'm at, you know. I got you. So I have a lightning round of questions I have to ask you, and I hope you didn't hear these um, when you watch the episode with me and Brendan. If you did, you're I didn't have. I did not. Okay, good. Because these are most of the same questions, and I want to see how your guys' answers differ. But I just need the first answer that pops into your head. All right. Okay. What's the favorite city you visited? Greenville. Greenville. Yeah, I loved it. Who is the most famous person you've met and were you starstruck when you met them? Can be baseball Oof. or non-baseball. Most famous. Oh, Shohei. Shohei Otani. When you I was at uh, Driveline. Yeah, when I was at Driveline. Jeez. I actually had to pitch against him. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. How was that? Uh, I did pretty well. I think I I struck him out like two or five at bats against him, two or four. Well, yeah, <laughs> you're striking out Shohei. Why are you still in single A? <laughs> <What the hell? laughs> yeah, no, I got to meet him. He didn't speak much English, but mm-hmm. um, I so I wasn't that starstruck. But wow. you know, I'd I'd seen him around in there. He kind of had a little bit of an entourage, 
Yeah. Um, kind of keep you kind of keep your distance when, when there's a big leaguer in there, especially like a high profile guy like that. So I wasn't all that starstruck because I've seen him around. Mm-hmm. All right. What's the greatest song of all time? Greatest song of all time. I, I on the spot, dude. I'm freaking. I I can't. <laughs> I can't put anything together. Greatest song of all time. On okay, so my personal favorite song is uh, "Ghost Town" by Kanye West. Oh my god, you and, you and Brendan both said a Kanye song. I'm not gonna say it's the oh greatest song of all time, but it's my personal favorite. Okay. Because, okay, the one argument I have against those, for me, greatest song of all time, a requirement has to be a song that can last the test of time. You know, something that's like 15 plus years old. And I would say, in all honesty, for me, it's no competition. Greatest song of all time is Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah, that's up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt about that one. Like I said, I I, I can't think of a greatest song of all time, but personal favorite would have to be Kanye. Because I'd have to agree with you. It has Mm -hmm. to, you know, stand the test of time. And that that might be something that Kanye is going to be something that fizzles out in the future. Eh, You know, one day. I think think Kanye, I think even into like the 2030s, Kanye will last. I think Kanye's going to last. But like, there's not going to be a big song that you know everyone knows that is just on like legendary status that'll forever be remembered like bohemian rhapsody yeah sure. from from kanye you know what i mean of course like if you're a kanye fan there's going to be songs you always love yeah. and songs that everyone knows but like legend status songs like singles i don't know i don't know if there's any of those i, guess, I mean time will tell you yeah, know sure. time will and tell with be, that i gotta be honest my top five songs of all time are mostly all rock songs so I'm a little bit biased. Yeah, I was but... trying to think rock. I was trying to think rock because I know, you know, rock's obviously been around a lot longer than uh, than rap. But mm-hmm. on the spot, I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> I would have, uh, maybe something by Red Hot Chili Peppers. I love mm-hmm. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. All right. So you're stuck on a I don't desert. know. I don't know. It, that's oh. a tough one on the spot. Okay. Sorry. You, you lagged there for me a second. I didn't hear you. You're good. Um, but... You're uh, stuck on you're stuck on a desert island with one of your teammates. Which teammate will most likely help you survive? Dylan Spakey. Ooh, why is that? Dylan Spakey, because he uh, is that what you said? Yeah, why is that? Because uh, he he's he's a nature dude, man. He lives out in Montana. He talks about going elk oh, hunting, geez. and he's a smart guy, super smart guy. So I would trust him that. You know, when it comes down to like being stranded on an island, if you got to build a fire, freaking build something, I, I I think he would know a lot about that stuff. Is that what Brendan said? Uh, oh, who did he say? I don't think that's who he said, but he said, why am I forgetting? Eh, I don't think that's who he said, but uh, let me see. <laughs> who is the funniest teammate? Funniest team? Got to be Koss. Koss? Costa, I don't know. Cody, Cody Scroggins is up there too. That's one funny dude, man. Mm. Oh, yeah, Cody Scroggins and Kristen Koss. Mm. All right. I got two more for you. Favorite childhood TV show. Favorite childhood TV show. If we're talking like childhood, childhood, um, gotta be SpongeBob or Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Oh, okay. Both of those were up there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as I got a little older, probably like middle schoolish, Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. Which isn't which isn't much like a, a that's not much show, of a kid show, but yeah, I don't know oh. if you meant like like growing up favorite show mm-hmm. or like like literal literal kid shows, but literal kid shows would be yeah, probably SpongeBob or Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Okay, I respect that. Correct answer is Drake and Josh, but those two are. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one, actually. Mm-hmm. No, my, my two favorites were always, always Drake and Josh, number one. And the second one was always, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but Ned's Declassified. Oh, yeah. Oh, that show was Yeah, I remember that one. Awesome. Right? Yeah, that was another good one. In my original um, in my original interview with Christian Koss, he actually made a joke about that TV show, like, out of nowhere. It was so funny. <laughs> what was it? Uh, I can't. He, he made some joke about Coconut Head. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So... Final question, who was your childhood crush? Like celebrity crush. 
Childhood crush. Got to be Zoe from Zoe 101. I'm right there with you. I can't even Yeah, that was up there. That was up there. Not so much now that I've gotten older, but, you know, at, at the time, 100%. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, with those, with those out of the way, right, we're in the last game of the season for the Red Sox, right? It's a win, and we're into the playoffs as the home team for the wild card. Lose, and there's a potential to go into a four-way tie for the two wild card spots. Have you checked the score at all? I have not. Uh, I've I've been keeping up with it. I've been looking at the a little bit into the wild card race. But mm-hmm. I mean I've been busy the, the last week or so. So I haven't I haven't been able to watch much of it. No, so the game's going on right now and like I said, winning in and we're down five to one. We're down five just, to one. Just gave up three runs in the fifth. You can never count us out. I'm I'm hoping, but yeah, you can never count us out. I want to talk to you a little bit about the major league team. Tell me, what have you thought about this team so far through this year? I mean, especially through the like the first half of the year, we really overperformed to what people thought we were going to be. Really held consistent until about August, and then this last like five, six weeks, we've really kind of gone downhill. So, what are your overall impressions on the Red Sox team? Um. I mean, starting off, they were insane. Like you said, the, the, the like first half of the year was nuts. Uh, but I don't really know. I mean, some guys being out for a couple of weeks with like you know COVID protocol and whatnot here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, injuries here and there. I feel like that kind of stuff just adds up. And you know, maybe maybe it was just a bit of like an unlucky year. You know, like started off hot while while all the tools were in the bag, you know, mm-hmm. everything was nice. And then as it started to like lose guys here and there, um, it just kind of all added up. I don't, I'm not really sure to be honest with you. No, I'm not sure what to think, but I know that I know the beginning of the year was electric. I know that. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, who, what, what team do you think is most likely to win the world series this year? Most likely I, I want to say I want to say Dodgers. You think the Dodgers? Um, yeah, it's going to have to either be the Dodgers or the Rays. They're both powerhouses. I just think the um, that the Dodgers just have the depth. Dodgers sure. have the depth, and I mean they're about they are pretty much the toughest opponent you could probably have right now. And it's such a different storyline between the Rays and the Dodgers. Dodgers are all about, you know, build star power, build star power, right? Have depth for have depth for literally any day that you can go out there and you could put your last guy on the bench out there starting and have no problems at all. Whereas the Rays are just, we can put anybody into this system and we're going to be able to make it work. You know, it's mm-hmm. such a polar opposite, but both styles work. And that's the beauty of baseball right there is just how you can build teams and how different lineups can just really make that much of an impact while not having the most talent that some people would say you know what i mean yeah i mean absolutely because the race have one of the lowest payrolls yeah exactly. and look at them you know it's crazy and you see that with their farm system like when we played bowling green they were that first the first series we had was against them and starting off the year they were insane oh my god this they were nuts their whole like literally their entire farm system Obviously, the Rays made it to the um, – well, Rays are now the number one team in the AL East. They're close to being the number – I think – are they the number one team in the AL right now? I don't know. But they're triple A, double A, high A, and low A. I think all those teams won except the double A team, I think, lost in the finals. I think yeah. all of the farm systems won the championship, though. Yeah, I knew it was something like that. But they're they're just unreal. Whatever they're doing down down here in Tampa, you know, they're doing it right. They know what they're doing. Which uh maybe it was maybe it was uh you know the guy we have now, Heim. Maybe it was Heim. Maybe yeah, maybe yeah. And I mean with <laughs> maybe that's what's in the works for for us. I mean, he's bringing in guys like you, Christian Koss. He's bringing in some of those guys who are really making an impact in the minor leagues. It's nothing but positive signs, you know. Yeah, I mean, the dude knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. There's no arguments there. 
All right, I got one final question to ask, but before I do, once again, I want to say a huge shout out, huge thank you for coming on. Right, it's it's been awesome to talk with you again, and hopefully after next season when we go through everything, I can sit down with you again, talk to you about that season. Hopefully you're in Portland, if not Worcester, and we'll just see how much you progress throughout the rankings. But if I had to guess, I'm saying you go to Portland, spend most of the season in Portland and get called up to Worcester in about late July. That's my prediction. I'm okay with that. (laughs) I hope you're right. (laughs) And I mean, what, you're only 23 years old, right? Right. So you still got plenty of time ahead of you. There's no reason to worry about that, but I think that's at least my prediction, but I hope you're right. Final question I got for you is how do you deal with people constantly saying like in scouting reports or online on social media where anybody can say whatever the hell they want and stuff like that? How do you deal with those people saying that you're at your peak and you're not going to go any further? How do you keep those negative comments like out of your way to be able to focus on your main goal? I'd like to say I don't see them, um, but I do. And everywhere with to be honest, it's yeah, it's I mean, it's just fuel. It really is just fuel because, uh, you know, I promise you there's people that said that in college. There's people that said that in high school about me. I was never the dude. You know, I was I was never like thought to be like one of the people that's you know going to be someone like high school no one thought I was going to be a pro let alone make that like like be a dude in high school before high school there was like I remember kids talking about like what if you don't even make the team like you probably won't whatever and you know so I was never like that dude so hearing those kind of things seeing those kinds of things it's just fuel to the fire I know that I'm far from my peak because I mean look at the upward trend that I'm seeing that I'm you know getting every year and I know what what goes into that and what I'm going to continue to do. So it's all just noise. You know, I see it, but I don't think much of it. It, it goes into the fire pit, you know, it goes in the gas tank because, um, I know, you know, I know what I'm going to do. I know what my potential is. I know I'm far from my peak and whether they know that, whether they see that doesn't really matter. They're going to see it. You know, I'm going to make sure of that. Um, but yeah, it's it's all just noise man man that is awesome to hear because uh this is a little bit of a tangent but i mean when i was off at college right i don't remember if i said i don't think i did but kind of weird thing about me i studied dance right okay i mean a ton of baseball players use for you know athleticism agility coordination speed all that good stuff but um i actually got signed out by a company out here in denver that's why i'm out here um, so I made it professional, quote unquote, but I still hear a lot of people saying, oh, it's good that you got that, but it's, it's as far as you'll go, you know, you're lucky you got that and all that. So I've been wondering that question of just, then I said, ask Brendan the same thing. I asked like, how do you deal with people saying that? Cause I mean, with you guys, it's more public, but you look at the scouting reports and stuff like that. Scouting reports are so like, I want to say cruel, but disrespectful to minor leaguers that yeah like highly like first to fifth round guys like the lower rated the lower bound guys that's just very disrespected to in all honesty yeah but i mean it's you know it's just a bunch of guys that want to say like have their opinion and they put it out there so that they can say that they're right you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but at the end of the day if they don't if they don't know the guys that they're writing about like they don't know if that's right they don't know like the type of dudes that like like Brendan. They don't know how Brendan is off the field and how hard that man works. Um, they don't know that. They don't see that. So how are they going to say that you know he's at his peak? They don't know anybody like that. Like how how hard they work off the field. They don't know how hard I work off the field and what all what all goes into it. So it's it's bold <laughs> mm-hmm. for those guys to say that. But I mean. You know, that's why people that's why people tune in, because they make those predictions. They they offer up their opinions and whether they're right or wrong. At the end of the day, if they just left everything unclear, you know, like didn't have any predictions on the guys and who's really going to tune in to see it. Yeah, you don't really know know what I mean? Hot takes, you know. Exactly. It's like turning on the news and then being like, well, there's a chance of rain, but also a chance it doesn't rain. And 
it'll either be hot or cold outside. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> why, like, why am I watching this? Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be pointless, but at the end of the day, they don't know. They don't know us. They don't know the type of guys we are. So, I mean, I can't blame them for making those assumptions, but I've heard it my whole life, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I guess. So I, it's all just noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I've already wasted enough of your time today, but <laughs> I do want to thank you again for coming on. It was awesome to get to sit down and hear your opinions on all this stuff. It was great. And I can't wait to see what you, what you guys do in the minor league system moving forward. I mean, like the majority of guys we've talked about that I've had just talked to, not those guys, but a bunch of others. You guys are only like 24 and younger, you know, all of you. So it's just crazy to see the amount of potential we now have in our farm system from, you know, even what, 2018, 2019, where we had like mm-hmm. nobody in our farm system, you know, now to see all the potential, it's really crazy to see what's going to happen with this team, with the major league team going forward for the next couple of years. But with that being said, anything else you want to say to the fans before we sign off? Uh, no, I mean, I, I want to thank you for having me on again. You know, it's a pleasure. You're, you're an awesome guy. It's fun to talk to you. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on again. Man, I appreciate that. All right. What what genre of outro music am I going with today? Rap. Rap. All right. Kanye. And do Kanye. I, I can't. I need cop- <laughs> copyright laws are killing me. Uh, I have to okay. go with something non-copyrighted. But with that being it's a said. a non-copyright rap. Yep. I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> but huge thank you to Zach coming on to the fans. Huge thank you to you guys for listening through the entire thing. I will have Zach's Instagram down in the comments or in the description so you guys can see everything that he's up to this offseason and beyond. That being said, God bless. Thank you guys so much. Yeah.